Hello, happy Saturday, and welcome back to Brutal, the podcast where we're brutally honest because honestly, it's brutal out there. Back in the city for the fall, so, so happy to be home. I feel like it's just been the craziest summer, and I'm so grateful to have had so many activities to do. And like, I love my friends so much, and I'm so lucky, but. I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit tired from all the summer travel and weddings and bachelorettes and just crazy stuff going on. So I'm so happy to be home and been having the time of my life, the tea of my L, making some TikToks for you guys. So hopefully I can stay consistent with that. But we all know about my ADHD. I'm trying, though. I'm trying. I feel like if I do three a day, like that's good. Speaking of TikTok, today we have the most incredible guest for you guys. She is so smart, so well-spoken so gorgeous so impressive honestly like I'm always shocked when I remember she's only 25 it's like amazing so our guest is Audra um, from the girl unconventional TikTok account I'm sure some of you follow her or at least have seen her on your for you page Audra is sober she's 25 she posts about it all the time Um, I just think her account is so amazing as someone who is also sober I really wanted to get her on the podcast to get her perspective on dating um and a number of other topics so I'm really excited to have her it's going to be like a little bit of a different episode um definitely you know it's not for everyone like I get not everybody loves sobriety but keep an open mind give it a shot um and let me know what you think comment on my TikTok send me a DM and speaking of DMs before we get started I am going to do one brief and brutal although it's not really that brief just one of the DMs we got this week that I thought would be really good to talk about um before we get into the episode okay so she writes Thoughts on guys who say they want you but never reach out unless the girl starts the conversation. But he gets mad when she tries to leave, saying that he's just busy and that's why he can't respond. I've been talking to this guy for about two years now and I feel like he just won't commit. And around three months ago, when we weren't talking, he got another girl pregnant. Holy fucking shit. I know all this sounds I know all this sounds like red flags, but we've been talking for so long, and I just feel like I see and know a side of him that no one else knows. After re-listening to your episode three, we're not necessarily pen pals because we have met and he constantly tells me how he wants to see me and marry me and we have met up once. Damn. Okay. This was a wild ride. This was, uh, this was a lot. Okay. First of all, very brave to write in because you know I'm not going to hold back. So put on your seatbelt. Here it comes. I say this with love. Block him. Delete him. Never contact him again. This man is never going to be with you. You are never going to be together. And even if you ever were to really be together in a real way and he really were to commit, it would be a shit show. It would not be something you would want to be involved in at all. The fact that you guys have been talking for two years, like that's two years of your life. And hopefully you've been dating other guys or like seeing other guys in that time frame. But like maybe you're still secretly like holding a candle for him. You know what I mean? Like you're still sort of thinking about him like mentally you're spending energy on him and thinking that it might go somewhere. If a guy has known you for that long, and she says also they've only met up one time, like that's that's absolutely crazy town. It's crazy town. If he's known you for that long and talked to you for that long and you've only met up once and he has not made any indication that he wants something more from you than just like talking, he's just teeing to tea. Like, yes, you've met up once, but it's it's just a lot of bullshit. Like, it's just a lot of teeing to tea, like talking to talk. Also, yeah, like guys will do this a lot. They'll be like, oh, I want to see you. I want to see you. But then like you'll actually try to make it happen and they don't meet up with you or they like somehow flake at the last minute or they say they want to see you and then they never make plans to see you. Also, it's weird that he's telling you he wants to marry you, like given the fact that you've only met each other in person one time, like that alone should be a red flag. That is crazy. 
and then he like gets another girl pregnant like do you really do you really want to be involved in this mess like that's my question it's like do you is this really a situation that you want to get involved in with this person because it sounds like he is a hot mess and it's like do you want to get on the mess express with him I don't think that you should I think you should block him I think you should delete him from your life give up all hope that you will ever be with this guy because number one it's never going to happen but as I said number two if it does it's going to be a mess and I don't think you need to get involved in that And like you say that you see and know a side of him that no one else knows. I feel like I hear this so much from women where they're like, it's a guy that, you know, is known among other people to be like kind of a jerk. But like you, quote unquote, like know a side of him that no one else does. And it's like, this is usually what I hear from women when they're being manipulated by a guy, to be honest with you. Like when it's just the two of you one on one, he's like being so nice or like so vulnerable or like so emotional or like whatever he's doing, he's like he's trying to get something from you by being that way like if he's not the same with you as he is with everybody else and like this is the situation where he kind of sounds like a shady dude he's using you he wants to either like get you know he wants you to send nudes he wants you to have sex with him he wants attention from you he wants like ego he wants you know ego stroking validation I think he probably likes like knowing that you're there is like an option for him to talk to like when he's bored or when he is not impregnating some girl. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and it's like you deserve more than to be that person to someone. Like you deserve more than to be someone's like back burner person they talk to. I don't know. It kind of sounds like you're hoping like you're you're allowing this for so long, like for so many years, because you're hoping that like one day he's going to like step up and like be the guy that you know him to be, quote unquote, like behind the scenes, like the side of him that you feel like only, you know, But it's like, number one, some people are never going to step up. Like, they're never going to show up for you for real. And number two, even if they were to eventually do that someday, it's like there are better ways to spend your life and spend your days and spend like, you know, your I guess your emotional energy than waiting around for someone who like has already shown you that they don't value you to suddenly like wake up one day and like get it together and commit to you. He is not going to do it. It is not going to happen. You have to kind of tell yourself, like, it's never going to happen. The thing is, like, when someone can't commit to you and they can't be with you and they can't, like, give you whatever it is you're looking for, it truly does not matter why. We talk about this in episode 10 with my friend who came on and talked about the situationships she was stuck in, like, very similar to this for years It doesn't matter why someone doesn't want to commit to you or date you or be with you seriously. It just matters that they don't. It just matters that they can't. That's truly all you need to know. Know who you are. Know that you're a good person. You're a valuable person. You have a lot to offer someone. And that if this guy doesn't realize it, that is his loss. Like, it really is. Sorry to be kind of a bitch, but as my dad always says, a friend tells you like it is. Okay, I think that's all we have time for. Let's move on to Audra. Guys, please DM with questions, um, DM ideas for episodes, DM me the guests that you want. You know I'm crazy and I'll literally DM anyone with under a million followers. So send them over, podcastbrutal at gmail.com, at brutalpod on Instagram, at brutalpod on TikTok. Um, And yeah, thanks for the love. It's been really fun, like getting more people um, following on TikTok and listening to episodes. So thank you guys so much. Um, And without further ado, here is Audra. All right. Well, hi, guys. Welcome back to Brutal. Um, I think this is episode 15. I cannot honestly remember at this point, but I'm so excited to welcome Audra Hansen to the pod. Um, Audra is a TikTok creator, and you can follow her at Girl Unconventional 
Um, she has so much amazing content centered around like life without alcohol. And I think as some of you may know, I'm sober like two and a half years and change a little bit. Um, so really excited to have her here to talk about sobriety, dating, the intersection of those things, um, and a ton of other topics. So welcome, Audra. Hi, thank you. That was such a nice introduction. And also congratulations on your sobriety. Yeah, we have a ton to touch on in regards to dating and sobriety. It's definitely a much different experience than it was an act of addiction. Yes, yes, 100%. So I think to kick off, we usually start just asking guests, like, what is your age and what is your current relationship status? Mm-hmm. So I'm 25 and I'm currently very single. <laughs> single as a Pringle. Yes. Um, and where do you live now? And like, how is the dating scene there? Yeah. So I'm actually living in Minneapolis right now and that's in Minnesota. And the dating scene here is not the worst in the world. It's very, I would say like marriage oriented, especially at 25, you know, people are starting to find their partners. Um, I have a few friends who already have a kid here, but, uh, as far as the single guys in Minnesota, you know, I would say that most of them have pretty good values, but you definitely get a lot of guys who are kind of just playing the field and can't really get their shit together in terms of being committed to a relationship. So it's not the worst thing in the world, but it just can kind of be like date after date. And I feel like that's kind of the narrative throughout the country right now from my friends who are either living down south new york or wherever it's just it's hard being a single girl out here i would say (laughs) it is like date after day i was talking to someone the other day and i was like it just starts to feel so clinical like you go on these dates and it's like you're sitting across from them and you're like so where are you from and like all these questions and it's like it when you meet someone cool it is really fun like it genuinely is like magical and fun but like 99% of the time it's just like oh my god okay it's like a I, I treat it like a doctor's appointment I'm like here I come like yeah exactly and it's so hard to meet people too like in person especially post-covid I guess you know we're kind of out of the post-covid area or era excuse me but um you know we all meet on either Instagram TikTok or dating apps and that's just such a weird way to meet someone and then go on a date because you really don't get a vibe of them until you're on the date and you're like oh shit this is not what I wanted <laughs> not what I expected I know people are very different especially different mediums like it's like Instagram I feel like I really can't get a feel for people TikTok it's like you know they're they're be I feel like they're being like more of themselves like you see more I guess but it's still like you never know Yeah. And I honestly am very cautious of anyone who reaches out to me on Instagram. Maybe not as much now that I've created this other brand revolving around my sobriety journey, but before I used to do a lot like swimsuit modeling. And so I feel like I attracted the wrong guys, the absolute worst from that. And so anytime someone DMs me now, I'm very like hesitant to even respond just because of that. No, I feel yeah. Like you're gorgeous. So I feel like you must get so many DMs being like, hello, like so thirsty from like random dudes. Yeah, and lots of times they're like from other countries and like, how am I supposed to meet you for one? But yeah. Oh my God. Well, yeah. I mean, I found your account because it was on, it was just on my For You page. And like, I don't even know. I'm trying to remember if I followed like a sober hashtag or something, but obviously like the algorithm gods connected us, which I'm so happy about. Um, I think like for the listeners, tell us a little bit about, you know, your, your TikTok account. I know you have an Instagram account for it as well. Um, or maybe, okay, maybe we should back up. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about like, when did you quit drinking? How old were you? You know, tell us more about like your decision to get sober. 
Yeah, so I'll try to make this super brief. I first quit drinking at 22, right after my 22nd birthday. I went to treatment and I got sober for 14 months and then I relapsed, drank for three months, took a month off, relapsed again during the pandemic and that only lasted a month. And I was like, you know what? I am never gonna be able to drink normally and I really need to fully commit my life to sobriety. And so I actually impulsively took to Instagram and I was like, Hey, I have a like serious problem with drinking. If anyone else out there does, you know, you're not alone. And I felt like before that I hadn't really disclosed on social media or even to people that I knew that I had a problem with drinking. And I felt like I was living like a fake life. And I, all of my Instagram posts were so curated. Like my life was just so curated online. And I felt like I was drowning in this like need to be perfect or ideal. And so, yeah, I literally just impulsively was like, so hungover. It's so just beside myself. I'm like, I'm going to tell the world I have a problem because I need to be held accountable. And then I, um, you know, took that first full year to really focus on my sobriety. And then by year and a half, I was like, you know what, I think that there could be a lot of good to come out of me sharing my own journey, as well as connecting with other individuals who have shared theirs to help with mine too. And so yeah, that's kind of what sparked my whole girl unconventional journey. Awesome. And congratulations. Like, I do think it's an amazing accomplishment, especially like your, I feel like your story is so common. Like I meet so many people who are sober, who you know, they get a year or so under their belt. And then it's kind of like that, like pink cloud, I guess, like wears off where like everything is amazing. Everything's amazing for the first year because you're not hung over all the time. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. wow, this is so great. Like, let me continue forever. And then like something sets it off. I know a lot of people were set off by the pandemic. So I think it's amazing mm-hmm. that you're able to like bounce back from that um, and make make like this new start and make it into, you know, something that helps other people, which is really cool. Thank you. Yeah. And you're so right with the point that, you know, people make it to a year. I think that's like this big milestone that everyone really wants to accomplish. And it almost is like a, you know, narrow minded focus towards, okay, I can make it to a year. At least it was for me. And then after that, it's like, oh shit, I have to do this, you know, forever. Every- <laughs> it's day by day. So. It's one day at a time forever. Like it's one day at a time, you know, I get people be like, you're not even going to have like a glass of champagne at your grandchild's wedding. And it's like, I don't, I'm, I'm single. I don't have a child, much less like a grandchild. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Yeah. No comments like that are always just, you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt. I feel like at this point I do. And yeah, that's um, yeah. Good advice though. Yeah. It is craziness. I also think it's important like to, it's just important to talk about these things more and like be public about it on social media. Cause I feel like that's, you know, that's like relatively new. I feel like most people who are sober were kind of just like hiding in the basement at AA, like, you know what I mean? Not necessarily posting about it and being like loud and proud about it, which I think both ways to be sober are fine. There's no like wrong way to get sober, but I do also think, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on this, Like, I feel like in the past, I don't know, basically like since Instagram and memes became a thing and now like TikTok obviously is going in the same direction. Like there's so much content out there that normalizes like blacking out and like makes a joke of it and makes it like, oh my God, like I black out all the time or like makes it normal. And it's like, holy shit, like, no, no, you're not. It's not good if you black out even once. And, you know, I'm a former blackout drinker and like, I, I don't think it's good to like make it into a meme. I mean- No. And I think it's so harmful. You know, I definitely used to repost those memes. I had a Finsta called Odd Loves Alcohol before I got sober. (laughs) Constantly just like 
me when I don't remember anything that happened the night before and looked at my phone or whatever, you know, the stupid meme was. And I really think it does kind of continue, um, help, you know, people who have problems like continue down a bad path. And I mean, we also don't want to shame them and make them feel like, oh, you're bad for doing this, but also, yeah, to just glorify it is not helping anyone. I think even when it's a joke and like I saw, I'm sure you saw a lot of stuff on TikTok about those girls in the, um, what is the name of the podcast? It's like, it's like three TikTok influencers have a podcast and they said, one of them was like, if you're sober, like you're boring. And like, I black out on every date I go on. And I was like, dude, that used to be me. And then I fucking had to stop drinking forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And even, I mean, I'm not sure what podcast that is, but, um, you know, there was caller daddy too. I loved listening to it. And this is absolutely no hate to either of the girls, but, um, for someone who had problems with drinking, you know, when they were constantly saying like oh I black out all the time and like ha 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 and you know maybe they grew out of that but like I didn't and it just kind of like I fed into it a lot and I was like oh yeah I'm funny too you know I I'm puking in my sleep or cute things alcohol and some greens it like allowed me to think that it was like normal and like cute and funny for way longer than it actually is or ever was you know yeah, a hundred percent. I, it'll be interesting to see in the next five, 10 years, how the Gen Zers kind of shift that mentality, if they're going to carry that with them, because I do notice a lot of progressive thinking in terms of mental health with them. So I really hope that, you know, they can learn to identify more and more that, you know, Hey, we don't always need to like black out, you know, and if we are constantly blacking out, maybe we should be taking a look at our drinking habits. So, yeah, no, definitely. Okay. So, I mean, I feel like for me getting sober, like it affected my life for the better, but I also don't want to be one of those people that like, like I'm, I'm never going to be like, you know, the Gwyneth Paltrow type who's like, everything is Zen and glamorous or like, I don't even know if she's sober, but like, you know, when like there's certain sober people that are like, my life is perfect and incredible. And like, I do yoga every day. Like that's never going to be me. Like quite honestly, sometimes you just want to get drunk, but like it's so worth it to stay the course and it's so worth it to like stay committed to your sobriety. But I feel like just being honest about that makes me feel better. I guess like how has quitting drinking affected your life for the better? And like on the flip side of that, how has it made your life like harder in some ways? Yeah, no, I a hundred percent relate to that. So I will touch on the negatives first. You know, I will say that it's been really hard for me emotionally at times to just deal with anxiety, depression, and even social situations um, as a sober person, because lots of times I used to have a lot of social anxiety. And I mean, I still do. And then I would drink to cope with that. And of course, you know, that would get out of hand. But now I have to just go into these situations with myself. And that can be so confusing. And it's taken a lot of therapy and also a lot of just putting myself in those situations to become comfortable. And another, I guess, hard part about alcoholism or quitting drinking um, and being a sober person would be, you know, you kind of lose friends and, um, you know, it, it's sad, but also it opens the door for so many amazing new friends to come in. And I get a lot of comments of people like, well, I still want to go out to the club, you know, and then, oh, I actually drank this weekend because I went out to the club. Like, how do I find new friends? And yeah, so I think that that for me was really hard to navigate. And I was pretty lonely 
for a lot of it. And I still can get lonely at times and it can be hard looking on Snapchat, seeing people drinking, you know, at football games, whatever it is. But on the flip side, I mean, I really truly know that my life has improved in every single aspect. Like I can actually obtain goals. You know, I'm not constantly hungover. I can keep a job that's not involved with like bottle service. Cause I used to work bottle service and it was pretty easy to keep that job while in active addiction. Um, but yeah, I mean, my relationship with my friends and family have flourished. I really just get to be that person that I really want to be. And I'm sure you can relate to that. Like you can actually just you know, live your life being your true self. And it's such a beautiful experience that I really never knew how to do even before I got sober. Like I felt like I was constantly chasing things and just not being myself. I didn't even know what myself was until I got sober. The two things that like stand out to me right now and like it it always kind of like changes, but the two things right now are like the way that I'm able to actually show up for people is so much more it's just so much better than it was when I was drinking. Like, I feel like, and I mean, my friends and family have been luckily like very supportive, but a lot of people were like, well, like you, you're not an alcoholic. Like you didn't have to quit drinking. I'm like, yeah, just cause I wasn't like, you know, drinking breakfast vodka and like pass out on a park bench. Like, <laughs> like doesn't mean that alcohol wasn't like a problem for me. Like I, that's what I don't get about it as well. But anyway, like, I do feel like I get to show up better for them. Um, And that, you know, it's things as simple as like people trust me to like babysit their dog. I'm like, that shouldn't be crazy, but it's like, it is so amazing to like have that feeling of like I show up for people or like when I have friends who like need me to like be there for them, like I can show up for them. And it's just it's just such a good feeling. And then like the second thing is also just the relief of like virtually every Sunday night now, like that dread, that like fear and that like horrible, horrible hangover anxiety like is virtually gone, which is something I never thought I would experience. Like I always thought it was like, oh, like work, the Sunday scaries. No, I was <laughs> just super hungover. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I think you all touched on things that I 100% relate to. And also it just becomes about the little things, you know, like you said, just being able to show up or watch someone's dog. And it's very meaningful to someone who's in recovery to be able to say they can do that. Yeah, it is awesome. All right, well, let's talk about dating while sober. We got to get juicy the typical LA guy, like, as we've discussed, like, who is he? Like, what's he wearing? What does he look like? What are his dating habits? Yeah. The typical LA guy shops at Air One and buys a $30 smoothie for lunch. Um, he is very like laissez-faire surfer boy. It depends on if he grew up in California, because there's a difference between LA men who've grown up in California and LA men who are transplants my opinion, no hate to the men who've okay. grown I think that there's uh, probably a great deal of amazing men that grew up in LA, but the ones that I've met are just stay far away from them. They, I mean, when you think of that like area, it's just so different from the rest of the world. The culture is different. You know, it's all about media looks. And so they're definitely womanizers, the ones that I've met. And then the other ones are just odd. Like, I don't know. I feel like LA is the worst place to date in America. And I've seen other women say it too. It's just really hard to find someone who, I mean, for me being from the Midwest lines with my values and wants to settle down. I mean, you go to parties and they're like 65 year old men who are like, yeah, I'm just not ready to settle down. (laughs) And 
they're not lying because he's 73 dropping off their two-year-old son at preschool. So it's just like such a weird world. And um, I mean, they have so many women at their disposal too, if they have money or any type of clout. And yeah, I just really got turned off by dating in general. Once I moved out to LA because I was single, I'm like, let's just go on a bunch of dates. And then I started going on these dates and I'm like, oh my gosh, these men are either name dropping constantly or just, I don't even know what they're doing with their life. They're like, yeah, I own a company, but I work like two hours a week and like, okay, what are you doing? (laughs) And they also lots, I was uh, seeing a guy and he was awesome, but you know, like he would sell this men's makeup and the fact that they like wear makeup. I don't know. It's just, it was so different for me, but now, Hey, again, just not my cup of tea. I really feel you. I love like a, I want like a masculine Midwestern dude, like (laughs) yeah, some sort of just like normal, nice guy who wants to like settle down. And honestly, like I think, I don't know. I do think like the dating apps in general have started to give people, not just men, but people, the impression that they have unlimited options. Um, But I will say it's like when you do meet someone in real life, it becomes like way more exciting and you're like more invested in like that one working out than any of the other ones from like Hinge or whatever, because it's like, oh, well, we met in real life. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. I yeah, I just don't even like meeting people dating apps anymore, even though it's like still how I meet people. Yeah. But I, yeah, it's it's so difficult to navigate in LA. It's the worst. I would not recommend it to anyone. <laughs> the only other thing that I will say is dating has made me, re- or not dating, getting sober has made me realize like how boring some people are. Like, I know that sounds like, I'm going to sound like a total sober elitist bitch. I honestly don't care. People <laughs> who have no hobby outside of like boozing, are so boring to talk to because you'll be like on a date or you'll be like meeting people and you'll be like, so like, what's up? You know, what do you do for fun? Not even what do you do for fun, but it's like, they have no other hobbies or like, they really have nothing else going on. It's the only thing they do. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember when I was in active addiction and I was um, going on dates and people would be like, so what do you usually do? You know, I'm like, oh, go to the club yeah. and on <laughs> over for like most of the week when I'm not out. So yeah, no, I could not imagine going out with on a date with myself I was a nightmare like I'd be like let's rip shots like I'd be so stupid and boring and annoying and like I don't know it's like I do I don't judge those people because I do get it like I was that person Mm -hmm. yeah no it definitely gives you much different perspective and kind of like oh my god I can't believe I used to live that way and I oh yeah there's just not a lot of um substance going on there yeah for sure Uh, two things what's your least favorite part of dating while sober and what's your favorite part oh god my least favorite part of dating while sober is dating (laughs) (laughs) um no I gosh I feel like I have a longer list of least favorites than I do favorites Uh, I guess my favorite thing would be the fact that I can really set boundaries and I can also like I have no patience for anyone who's disrespectful whatever where in the past I might have been more anxious and then more like, oh, how can I serve you, you know, in this conversation, whatever, like, how can I curate myself to be a good partner for you? And I'm like, no, how do you like be a good partner for me? So it's much more about me, which might be selfish, but honestly, I'm much more content that way. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think, yeah, like the hard part is honestly just like 
when do you tell people and how, like, that's the issue I have with it is like, if you put it on, if you're on a dating app and you put like, I don't drink that gets you filtered out of a lot of people's search results. So that's like kind of a weird thing to think about. And then it's also like you end up like going out with someone from the dating app or you meet someone in real life and like they find out that you don't drink. And I think for some people it is like a red flag or they're like, oh, well, you have a problem or like, oh, and it's like, okay, like I am what I am, you know, like I can't help it. Um, And also like, I don't know, it's hard to it's hard to explain to people like I know myself and like I know my sobriety, but it's I think it is like a red flag for some people. So that's tough. Or like, do you tell them like this is what I struggle with? I'm like, okay, do I just put it on the dating app up front when they ask me to grab drinks? Do I say, oh, I don't drink, but like I'm happy to get a mocktail or do I just say, sure, sounds good and then get a mocktail when I get there? Like, that's what I don't know what to do. Yeah, no, I I feel the same. It's so weird to like have to put that into conversation especially when they're like oh do you want to get a drink and then lots of times I just say yeah and then when I show up I'm like um yeah I don't actually drink alcohol but I'll get a water or I mean I don't know how you feel about this but if sometimes it depends on the guy's profile if he's like let's get a drink I'm just like so turned off I'm like why do you want someone drunk on a first date but I know it's also like a good first date experience for people who don't have a problem with it. So it's kind of a tough thing. It's like what I'm actually interested in. And I'm curious how you feel about this too. I actually, I don't think, I mean, I don't really care. Like I'd prefer to just date a normal person. Like Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily want to date a sober person. I would like, that would be great. But like, I kind of just want to be with someone who's like the type, like my dad is like this, like he can have three beers and go home, which I cannot relate to, but I think like, that's the kind of person I'm looking for or like a sober person who like has it together and everything's fine. You know what I mean? So like, I'm, I don't know if that makes me like a terrible hypocritical sober person, but like I, those are sort of the people I'm looking for. So I do sometimes want to see like how they drink. Like I want to see if they take you to drinks, like, are they trying to order shots? Like, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. Um, or are they like having, you know, two beers and they don't care if you just have a mocktail or a water? Yeah, that's so funny you say that because I feel the exact same way. I honestly get kind of scared to be with someone who's also an active addiction just because, or not currently, but like is sober just because like if they relapse, I don't want it to be a trigger for me, but I also want to be a supportive person. And I guess it just depends on the individual, but yeah, I've, <laughs> I went on a date last year in LA and the guy was like, yeah, you know, I just had six months sober and I started drinking again and I can totally drink just fine. Like I got all together. Like I don't need to be sober, but I understand how hard it can be. And like, I really did need to get sober. And I go on the date with him and this guy is so messed up by like the end of the dinner. And I could not, I was like, okay. Oh like, God to make sure you get home safe but I also like don't want to go to your home and <laughs> so I'm just gonna ask where you live and get you an uber and yeah it was a terrible day but... oh my god he's deluge he's like he's in the delusional stage <laughs> yeah I want like honestly part of me wonders if he was even being honest about the fact that he got sober for six months or if he was just trying to kind of get me to go on a date with him that's so funny that was me I used to be like I used to take like I would take a month off I would take two months off and I would be like now I've learned and I can drink in moderation it's like no bitch like yeah you can I would immediately go back to drinking the same way I did yep a hundred percent so funny 
Um, do you feel, and I kind of feel like I've seen this more and more, like, I feel like I've seen a rise in people quitting drinking for not because they're like addicted or alcoholics, but because they're just like, I don't fucking want to do this anymore. Like, I don't want to participate. I don't want to be hungover. Like I would rather just not, um, like, I feel like I get some of those people on TikTok as well. Yeah. I had a video go viral a few weeks ago and the top comment was, has anyone else gotten tired of drinking or is it just me and I had you know thousands of likes on it and yeah and I've had a lot of friends reach out to me who don't have problems with drinking that are like hey like can you help me like cut back or like what are some tips I'm like well for me I don't know how to cut back so sorry I can't really help you there but if you want to know how to abstain I can help you um but yeah it's become trendy for sure which I love I mean I really love to see that yeah no I think it's really cool um do you feel like okay this is another question I always ask because I do feel like LA is like way more like you know with like the Aravon smoothies and like health whatever like New York is very like you know it's cold and raining a lot of the year like snowing or whatever so there is more of like a bar drinking like nighttime darkness vibe culture going on whereas I feel like LA does have that like health and fitness aspect like are there are there more people in LA like that are you feel are more like open to sobriety or like that are sober or like what's that kind of been like Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's so funny because outwardly these people definitely kind of display a, you know, aura of soberness or health, but don't be fooled, especially these Stop. men are still going on hikes like high on ketamine. Oh my gosh, I feel like <laughs> ketamine central. And I have oh my met God, so funny. So many guys who are like, oh yeah, I'm like basically sober and they're just snorting lines of ketamine and yeah so I don't know I feel like there's not a lot of sober people in LA at least in the areas that I was in um I mean there's obviously a ton of sober people in LA but yeah I don't know it's it's weird because people will eat you know gluten-free and matcha lattes but then they'll do a bunch of drugs so it's odd That was always me. I was like pinnacle of like literally working out seven days a week. Like I'm eating salads. I'm only eating leaves and like raw protein. And then Mm -hmm. I would have like 17 vodka sodas. It's like, why (laughs) even do it? Like why (laughs) just eat the cake then? Like it's the balance extremes. So I love extremes. I'm like that in all the areas of my life too, though. Like I'm all or nothing with things. Like if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And if I decide that I want nothing to do with it, it's like goodbye forever. Like I, I'm the same way with like sugar. Cause like, I love, that's like my vice. And I had to quit it. Like I had to quit cold Turkey like a month ago. Cause it was just getting really out of hand and people are like, can't you have a bite? I'm like, no, I cannot have a bite. Like I'm not that person. Yeah. I relate to that so much. I actually just quit sugar too for like <laughs> four time because I am like, not actually, but I feel like I'm borderline diabetic with the amount of sugar I eat. And I feel like the withdrawals from sugar were worse than my withdrawals from alcohol. Of course, the like first couple of days of alcohol withdrawal for me were like scary and just awful. But mentally, the sugar thing is very, very tricky. All right. Okay. So for our last segment, I want to play a little game. And for those who are not familiar with this game, it's called hot or just in charge. And I basically have a working theory that you can plot all men on the hot or just in charge, like chart. So someone might be hot. They might be just in charge. They might be neither. And they might be both. 
So I'm going to give us some male celebrities and we'll discuss if they're hot or just in charge. <laughs> Um, okay, so today, because I keep seeing all the news about people think that he spit on Chris Pine, <laughs> Harry Styles. <laughs> oh my gosh. I we're talking about Harry Styles, right? Not Chris Pine. Okay. Harry Styles, not Chris Pine. <laughs> I he's objectively very hot, I think. And I I mean, I've never been like a huge Harry Styles fan. He's talented, whatever. Um I don't know. He he definitely gives off that in charge vibe too, though, because like he's pulling all these older women. So I think he's both. I'm gonna put him as both. Okay, I have to agree. Like I used to not think he was in charge. Like when he was in One Direction, I don't think he was in charge. I think <laughs> now he's in charge. Yeah, now that he's Harry Styles. He's definitely grown apart from the boy band vibe yes I also think like with the nail painting and the dresses like it's not for me personally however do I have to respect it yes like I think he's very like comfortable in his masculinity he does not care and like that's hot that's in charge yeah a hundred percent well now that we're on Chris Pine what about Chris Pine (laughs) oh my gosh I feel like he's neither and (laughs) I don't know this is just me based off of an interview I saw of him a while ago I don't remember which late night talk show host he was on but he was just very out of it I I don't know if he was like on substances or what was going on but I was like wow he needs to get it together so I wouldn't have to say neither on him I have a bad feeling that he is neither so I'm just gonna stick with that sorry Chris Pine sorry Chris (laughs) Pine I know he's he's crying over our assessment somewhere Someone commented, I did Brad Pitt on TikTok and someone was like, Brad, I'm sure Brad really cares about this. And I was like, yeah, I know. I'm sure he's like sobbing. Like he can't take it. Like he can't. Oh my God. Okay. Next one's controversial. Pete Davidson. Oh, poor Pete. (laughs) It's like has failed. Well, I don't want to say failed relationship, but just a hit and a miss. Um, I think he it like initially has that in charge vibe and it also has like that hot vibe personally I'm so in this tall skinny men that look like they're dying so (laughs) definitely kind of fits that um for me but something about all these failed relationships has me feeling like the in charge aspect is just not there fully agreed it's like what do we not know I don't know maybe Okay, I'm working on a larger TikTok about this because I need to do Pete Davidson. Like people keep commenting it and I'm like, I will do it. Um, But I haven't, like, I need to collect my thoughts. Basically, I think that he is hot for sure. Like he definitely has that hot vibe, but I think that he is not in charge. He prefers to not be in charge. He prefers to date women who are in charge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I think that that's exactly right. And he's also, I know, expressed um, his struggles with dealing with borderline personality disorder. And I'm, I'm not super well versed on it other than just like standard knowledge. So, you know, that's probably a factor as to why maybe his relationships are failing or I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. I just want to say poor Pete. <laughs> that's poor all Pete. I know. I feel for him. <laughs> Honestly, anyone who dates Kanye West's ex is braver than the troops. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, props to him, I guess. He's been pulling the patty. He really has. Okay. <laughs> last one. Timothy Chalamet. Oh my gosh. I am so obsessed with him. He's like one of my- Stop. Wait, say more. Yeah. I would say in- he definitely 
I wouldn't say he's effeminate, but he's not like super masculine, but the, he just seems so confident to me. That's so masculine. He does. Extremely talented. The first movie I actually saw him in was Beautiful Boy. And if you haven't watched it, it's amazing. It's about a boy who gets, um, I don't want to ruin the ending, but he struggles with um, meth addiction. It's based on a true story. Oh and um, and I was like, this man, I love him. He's just perfect. So I'm going to say both. I need to see it. Okay. My opinion is that he's hot and I think he's on his way to being in charge. Okay. <laughs> that's my, that's my current assessment. Like I'm always like open to change. Like I'm open to new receipts. Like if we see new information and we're like, oh, he's in charge. Like sometimes someone does one thing and you're like, I didn't know he was in charge. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> it could become like overnight. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I could definitely see how he could still be on his way to being in charge, but I, he just stole my heart after I watched that movie. So I need to see it. I, I have the book somewhere and I, it's like in my pile of books that I like aspirationally think I'm going to read, but instead I do an audiobook. I'm boring. <laughs> I'm doing the, um, I'm listening to the heroin diaries right now. That guy, Nikki six from what's it called? Molly crew. Amazing. Crazy. Yeah. I have no idea. I need to read it. Yeah. My dad is a huge rock fan and he's read all of, you know, any guy who got sober is men more from that period of rock and roll. So that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. This is like, I'm sorry that I was late to Zoom because I'm an idiot, but I'm so happy to have you here. To conclude, like, what do you think is the most brutal truth about sobriety, like that you've learned or that people like are afraid to accept or like need to know? Yeah, it it's hard. Um, it can definitely be lonely in my experience and you're going to encounter a lot of like emotional things that you might not want to, that you probably are, you know, probably the reasons that you used, uh, but it's so worth it and it does get easier and it gets so much better. So I'll end on that note. I love that. It definitely does. Oh my yeah. God. Well, thank you so, so much. And guys, tune in next week um, for more Brutal, I think, episode 16. Something like that. Thank you. <laughs> thank you.